You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for September 20th, episode 3268, brought to you today by Kevin Equine. Good morning, horse people. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. And I have a lot of hassling planned for today. Uh oh. <laughs> Actually, we're going to have a fun show for you today. We're going to get really geeky in the Daily Dose Health Report talking about equine meniscal injuries. Well Actually, done. Jamie's going to get geeky. I'm going to tune out. Um, and then uh, we're going to talk to Teresa's coming on to talk to us about Equus Fest East. There was a comment in the auditor room about how people scream in their cars when I pronounce things wrong. Mm-hmm. And this entire day is meant for that. I think that I think that Ashley plans these things so I pronounce things wrong. Equusfest East is just hard to say. That but, is hard. Yeah. And it's in New Paltz, New York. So there you go, too. Fortunately, I have some easy names in the birthdays today. And we're going to do a post show for you today, but we have no idea what that's going to be about. We'll let you know later. Uh, I also wanted to wish, geez, the, uh, the the news keeps on coming here. I wanted to wish our best to Lindsay Partridge. Found out yesterday mm. morning that she and she's been a guest in our show and is a big fan favorite w- with our with our listeners. Um, and she took a bad spill at a I think in Pennsylvania at a Mustang uh, competition. Uh, and fortunately, Lindsay is one of those that always wears a helmet and. Apparently, she has a traumatic brain injury, so without that helmet, who knows? Uh, But she's in the ICU. Uh, We learned yesterday that she was up and took a few walks, uh, and her scans are showing improvements. Uh, Hopefully, she'll be out of the ICU within two days. Um, So they did say that she has a traumatic brain injury. It will take time to heal. Her pain is extreme, and she is very frustrated with being confined to her bed. If she's frustrated for being confined to her bed, she's feeling better. So that that always makes me happy. That's not true. Horse chicks will do whatever. (laughs) Nobody ever follows a doctor's orders. (laughs) And when you're on ICU, they pretty much have you handcuffed. So, uh, but that's a good sign. She's awake. Yeah. And uh, we're wishing her and her family the best. They have started a GoFundMe. Now she's Canadian. You know, Phil was Canadian, and he fortunately had you know national health care, but she was in Pennsylvania. Oh, boy. I don't know what happens then. So they did. She's going to have medical bills. So they did start a GoFundMe, and I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes and our best to her. Uh, I just talked to her not too long ago, too. So, uh, Lindsay, we're thinking about you, and uh, we're hoping you're out. She has two little, little, two little kids. We're hoping that you're with your family shortly. Let's do some daily winnies. Two auditors have birthdays today, Kelly Portner and Jody Hawk. Happy birthday to both of you. We have no new auditors, though, so if you're thinking about joining up, go to horsesinthemorning.com, click on the auditor banner, and you too can join the party. Ashley and I are making a new show announcement in the auditor room by video today. We do all kinds of extra stuff for the auditors, and we give them happy birthdays. So if you want to do that, just head on over to horsesinthemorning.com and click on the auditor banner. Well, I was sent this story in weird news, but I wanted to just discuss it with you. Did you hear about Disney World having to shut down? I did. It was all over the news here in Florida, believe me. Okay, tell me a little bit about what what it was like being in Florida hearing this news about Disney World having to be shut down. Well, first, I thought it was a prank. So I had to like look at multiple news sources to make sure it was real. Uh, and apparently it was real. Uh, now, they didn't shut the whole of Disney World down, just part of the Magic Kingdom. You, you know, they like to eat snacks, too. 
<laughs> but what? I mean, seriously, there's like 15,000 hours it takes to get through all the security and all the things. I mean, it is so hard to get just in the parking lot. You've got to go through the take turnstile gates and pay the 40. Like, How did nobody intercept a bear before it made its way into the actual park? Well, like. How did it get there? Well, there's a lot of woods still around Disney World, and I think he just came from the woodside in the back. Um, well, cro- I'm going to start going in that way. Across the Jeez. train tracks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe he likes churros, too. So, for those who don't know, an adult female black bear was spotted in a tree in Magic Kingdom on Monday morning. Now, here's where the story took a turn where I needed to talk to you about it. So, they ended up, the staff ended up capturing the animal somehow. Apparently, they the, the video surveillance from up above, like a helicopter or something, captured all these people carrying it out on a tarp. Okay, so maybe they had they the wranglers it. from, yeah, the the animal park come over. Yeah, and probably had Animal Kingdom it. people come over. <laughs> yeah, hey guys, we need you. This is what you've been training for. <laughs> so they get it, and do you know where they took it? To they animal took Kingdom? it to your house. No, they, <laughs> they did? They took it to Ocala National oh Forest. Oh my god. <laughs> to so. add it to the collection of bears, you know, we've in the back of our neighborhood here in Marion Oaks, uh, they're all, if you have ring cameras, you're kind of on an app where you can see other people can post their ring cameras. And there have been bears like crazy eating the trash in the back of the community, coming right up on porches, knocking on doors, wanting to get in. So, so it sounds like they said they closed more than a dozen rides and attractions <laughs> on Monday morning. Imagine you're like that guy waiting in line. You're like, uh, you know what? You're probably safer in the ride, but they close the rides. What do they think the bear is going to like hop on the small world ride and like <laughs> take a look? You know, I think I'm safer in here than I would be out just in they the They just didn't want people seeing, seeing uh, them tranquilizing it with a rifle. Um, uh-huh, probably. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't bring it over to Animal Kingdom. No, they didn't take it right to the animal park next door. They took it to your house, <laughs> okay, to thanks. Ocala National Forest. Well, we need more bears up here. Yeah, <laughs> There's a lot I'm of sure. them right now that are being spotted everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so the bears are on the move, and apparently there's a growing population around Ocala. So yeah, it's growing. It did you see the it grew Monday? Did you see the pic, uh, video we did of our land, which is right beside the uh, Gothi Forest with the bears? So what might be. There might be some of those visiting, too. You're going to have to lock up your trash. <laughs> so we didn't get a chance the other day. We have a few minutes here before our first guest. We didn't get a really chance the other day because of the whole Phil thing to talk about what's going on in your horse world. What I know you had some on? updates for us. Well, I know that I can tell you a little bit about um, my clinic, which is awesomely full. Um, So I start the clinic October 2nd and been chatting. And two of the people coming to the clinic are auditors. And one is a listener and the other one found out about me uh, via Monty Roberts website. So I'm excited. One of the women is actually bringing her own horse, which will be a very unique special set of challenges that I was like, (laughs) I'm pretty sure we're not going to be able to use your horse in the clinic, but like I'll work on it while you're here. Um, So it's going to be a lot of fun. And then as far as horses go, I I had a situation um, and I can't go into it extensively, but you know, there's, I think there's a lot of trainers who will, somebody brings you, okay, I'll give you the story. So somebody brought me a horse. And I was like, yes, I could do something with this horse. They booked 30 days. I could do something with this horse in 30 days, but not much. And also in 30 days, if you take the horse back, you're not going to be able to do anything with it. So it was a situation where it was a young, um, highly reactive three-year-old bordering on not aggressive, but it was a, it was a a young three-year-old whose default was to jump on top of the handler. Oh, that's always safe. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really fun. Uh, so, um, (laughs) all five foot two of Jamie, (laughs) it's in the trailer and it was a small, uh, Arab actually. So it gets, I go to get it out of the trailer and I turn it around in the trailer and I step down and I'm off to the side and she just cowabunga's like on top of me. 
now I fortunately was waiting for something. I'm always, I'm usually in the right place, uh, hopefully. Uh, so she didn't get me too bad, but then I took her in the barn and probably three or four times she ran into me. And it was discussed whether, you know, you train wild Mustangs. How come, you know, this one's so difficult. And I was like, because wild Mustangs are easier than this horse. Like wild Mustangs default is not to jump on top of you. It is to run away (laughs) (laughs) to leave. So it was a really challenging horse. And I, I spent a couple of days with it. And I just said to the owners, I was like, you know what? Sometimes we end up with a horse that may not be the right horse for us. There might be somebody who is the right horse for this. So she was fortunately, these breeders that bred the horse actually took the horse back, which is amazing. But uh, it was really hard to communicate to somebody. I was like, listen, there's a lot of trainers who will take your money and give you a horse in 30 days that you can't do anything with. I was like, but I'm here to tell you in 30 days, if I achieve anything with this horse, I mean, we're, we're talking 10 out of 10 in reactivity and no personal space and all, all that. And can't pick You're up the guy feet. trains thoroughbreds. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't pick up its feet. You can't, you can't do it. You can't do anything. You can barely catch it. I mean, it was just a tick above feral. Um, and so I just said, you know, I, I think that if you have the option to give it back to the breeder, you should do that because even in 30 days I can pocket your money, but I'm going to hand you back a horse that you really need to spend at least an hour with every single day. Number one, you don't have time for that. Number two, you don't have skills for that. And number three, you're going to get hurt. Like this horse is dangerous. And here's the thing. If I give them back this horse and they don't do all the things the correct way, which they're not trained to do, I give them back this horse and they don't mess with it for a while. And then they go to bring out the pasture. Then they get hurt. Who does it look bad on? The trainer. So I had to make a decision of like, okay, this is not, this is not the right horse for you. And I'm not going to take your money because I don't feel like I'm going to be able to help you enough in 30 days to make this horse something that you are safe around. So that was a, that was a kick in the, in the pants for me, you know, because it was, it was just one of those really heartbreaking situations where it's just like having to make a decision for the people. And I always tell people I'm a tremendously bad business person. I'm like, here, no, I don't need your money. Take it, take your money back. Just, just, but d- d- yeah, whatever. I, don't leave the horse here. I'm not going to be able to help you in 30 days. It only booked 30 days. And I'm like, I can't do what needs to be done in 30 days. And I was can, like, honestly, it would be about a year. <laughs> thank you for doing that as oh. your co-host and partner and friend. We've had enough of our friends in the hospital here this week. We don't need any more. Yeah. So I'm yeah, very glad well, you did that. Oh, thanks. Even if I didn't, they would have ended up in the hospital. So I, t- I had to make a decision and, and hopefully, you know, yeah. it's tough when, when you're like, why are because I had to, I had to really convince them of this. And I'm like, why do you pay somebody for their advice and professional advice if you're not going to listen to them? So it was, it was quite a challenging week actually. So uh, enough said about that. And then I had a couple horse and out horses come and they just went back to the rescue. And, and here's the thing, y'all there's really adoptions have just screeched to a halt. And so, really, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, uh, so she's got a lot of horses piled up over there. She, oh my gosh! And then Turf Paradise, uh, not Turf Paradise. That's in uh, Arizona. Uh, Remington has opened, and that usually means a heavy influx of horses. So she's having to turn down horses. So if you've ever been on the fence, here's the problem that she has. She was like, I can, "I'm not going to send any more horses to you right now because at my house at at the rescue." There are too many rideable horses and the volunteers can't keep them all ridden because I've trained so many and got them to where they're rideable and they're good citizens. And then I, I'm now sending them back to her to have the, um, volunteers continue to ride and they don't have enough time to ride all the rideable horses. So if you're looking for a thoroughbred off the track, who is lovely to, to ride contact a horse and hound rescue because they, they need some help. She's trying to save so many horses and, and it's, so the economy's kind of caught up with adoptions at this point. It seems like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, then I think too, 
at least one was returned this week and it was, it's quite a lovely horse. So there, there's a, a good amount of lovely horses. You at need horse a horse right now, Oklahoma. Yeah, horse and hound, Oklahoma, Guthrie. Well, a fall on section of fence can certainly throw a wrench in your day. Aside from the headache and repair bill, it might also allow your horses out and other creatures in. A fence is not unlike the intestinal barrier in this way. It needs to be strong and functional to keep the good bugs in and the bad bugs out. But what happens when you have a down section of fence or loosened junctions in the gut lining? Holes or leaks in your horse's intestinal barrier, known as leaky gut syndrome, can result in various health and welfare problems. It's not a small problem. Gut issues are the number one cause of premature death in horses, but there is something you can do about it. Good nutrition and attention to gut health can promote immunity, performance, healthy weight, nutrient absorption, and a positive attitude. For optimal health, ensure your feed includes Clostat, Butapearl ZEQ and ChemTrace Chromium from Chemin Equine. Learn more at Chemin.com slash leaky gut. That's Chemin K E M I N dot com slash leaky gut. Well, this horse health report is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. I would like to welcome to the show Dr. Jose Garcia Lopez, the Associate Professor of Large Animal Surgery at the University of Pennsylvania's New Bolton Center, which is one of the greatest places in the entire country. Hi, doctor. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, I understand we are in a time crunch because why? Uh, surgeries are getting ready. Yes. <laughs> uh, they're prepping for surgery and you've taken a couple minutes out of your day to talk to us. Thank you so much. That's much appreciated. We were going to talk to My you pleasure. today about equine meniscal injuries. So tell everybody what that is. Yeah. So not dissimilar to the human athlete, for example, uh, uh, horses do have menisci in, her, in their stifles. And uh, at times, especially with sport horses, in particular, jumper and jumpers and dressage horses, uh, they will suffer uh, different degrees of tears of laceration of the menisci, which result not only in discomfort but potentially significant level of lameness, and uh, you know it can be a threat to their athletic acti- uh, activity. Um, the way that they occur is a little different than what happens in the human athlete, in which uh, in the horse actually the tears appear to occur during the last phase of a, of the stride, meaning during full extension rather than inflection, which is where you see in other species, uh, canine, humans alike. Um, so um, it does bring some different challenges with regards to their management and also the way that these uh, injuries um, occur or the way that they tear because of, you know, the, the tearing is different than what happens in other, in other athletes. So, it happens, like you're saying, the extension phase. So is it common in racehorses? It, it's, it's interesting. It doesn't seem to be. Uh, they do occur in racehorses, but not as much as with sport horses because of the, ex, you know, because of the slow extension that happens with some of the dressage and jumpers and then also the landing and pivoting and that quick turn that uh. they sometimes have to do. Uh, that combination is what appears to create the issue. And part of the issue is that during extension, that meniscus, which is fairly immobile in the horse's stifle, during extension, it does have some dis- some translocation forward or cranially. And that's where sometimes it can get crushed, especially when you extend and you also turn. Okay, gotcha. So it, 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 does it present just as a hind end lameness and you have to just start working your way up? Exactly. So usually we'll present as a hind limb lameness, depending on the grade of injury. It could be anywhere from mild to, you know, a mild lameness that sometimes only the rider can feel. Uh, those are the least severe injuries to ones that are, that the patient is even non-weight bearing or toe touching. Uh, so the grading can change, can vary quite a bit, but it gets worked up like any other, uh, lameness evaluation with your physical exam, palpate the joints, and then if there's nothing clear on your examination, then you can start doing blocks, either working from the bottom up or going to the joints to try to sensitize and try to identify the lesion or so, the sort the joint to then go into your diagnostics. So then it would be an ultrasound once you've kind of linked it to the stifle. Yeah, like the first line of defense is basically doing a combination of ultrasound and radiographs, just the radiographs just to have a, an idea of the morphology. Uh, uh, and the bony structure per se, and then the ultrasound to be able to identify not only the menisci, but also the uh, 
uh, other structures within the joint, like the synovial uh, membrane. You can look at the cruciates. You can look at the collateral ligaments and patellar ligaments, etc. So, say you've got a tear in the meniscus. What do you What do you do? Is it stall rest? Is it? Can you do surgery on it like you do with humans? Yeah, so that's a really good question, and that's actually one of the things that uh, we get asked quite a bit. And uh, you can rest some of the mild injuries. However, some the challenge that we have with meniscal injuries, uh, no dissimilar to what happens again in humans, is that the the meniscus is basically just think about a pillow that lays between the two bones, the femur and the tibia, uh, and it helps basically make up for the incongruencies of the a joint. A normal joint is usually a ball and socket type of thing. So you have a concavity and a convexity and they both fit. Mm. A stifle, it's a, a flat structure, which is the tibia, and a round structure that is the femur. So that is not a ball and socket. And in order to kind of make that ball and socket, that's where you have menisci. And the menisci are kind of like these pillows that make up for that curved shape that the tibia does not have to complete that ball and socket, as I mentioned. Um, but the menisca is made of components like collagen within it. So when you tear your meniscus, that collagen gets exposed inside of the joint. And it actually has almost like a foreign body type reaction. So the, the joint responds by making quite a bit of inflammation. Uh, that's why you have so much effusion and thickness and proliferation of the synovial tissue, etc. So hmm. uh, even though you can re, uh, rest it and also do some injections like biologics to try to cool it down. If you have a significant injury, you have not only some uh, a piece of the meniscus that might be mobile and might be irritating because it's not supposed to be mobile like that, but also that exposed tissue creates a vicious cycle of inflammation that can also further deteriorate the joint. So for that reason, uh, when we ultrasound and diagnose them, if it's something that is significant enough, Going in there surgically via arthroscopy, in which you do it under general anesthesia, you can actually just uh, put a scope the same way that they would scope your knee, uh, which actually basically we use the same equipment as in the human Mm -hmm. orthopedic side. Uh, Then you explore it, you identify it, and then you can debride the area that is affected. Um, We do not suture menisci back together uh, for the most part, like sometimes they do in, in humans. Part of it is because of the way that the lesions happens are different because of that extension. Uh, uh, it just creates more of a crushing and tearing versus just a split. Uh, and the other part is also that we need to make sure that our equine patients are weight-bearing right away, which in a human field, when you suture a meniscus, you're going to be non-weight-bearing or non, you know, uh-huh. non-loading for a period of time. Yeah, so, my wife had that, Doc, and had the s- s- sutures, and she wasn't walking on it for a while. Yeah, no, exactly. So so fortunately, we don't have to worry too much about that because the configuration of the meniscal tears are different altogether. Uh, so a lot of times it's just basically go in there and then remove what's torn. One, because you remove that instability. And then two, you remove all that kind of foreign body effect that you have uh, in there. So you can allow then the joint to settle. And then you have to go no different than in the human athlete through a level of physiotherapy that sometimes takes mm-hmm. anywhere from six six to 12 months to be able to build up some of the core musculature and, and, uh, and periligament, periarticular um, uh, musculature to basically be able to, to, uh, to help sustain that stifle and bring it back to health. Oh my gosh, this sounds exhausting. Very <laughs> difficult. It sounds like to me, Doc, if you could just go in there and like in with the arthroscopy, just inject some of that pillow collagen in there and it'll fix it right up. Yeah, that would be great. If it would be <laughs> that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Doc, thank you so much for joining us. I know you've got to go into surgery right now. Um, where can people get a hold of you and learn about New Bolton? Yes, so you can definitely, uh, you know, uh, you can search us. Uh, our webpage is uh, vet.upen.edu. Um, and uh, within that, you can look at the New Bolton Center, and then you can see everything that we're doing here uh, from uh, clinical research and scholarly stuff, uh, type work. I mean, you guys have been in the news for all the famous horses, so we appreciate you uh, taking, t- taking the time to talk to us. And have a great day, and good luck in surgery. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Non-GMO whole food nutrition is the basis of the entire Daily Dose Equine program. We never forget that natural is better and simplicity is key. Daily Dose Equine uses non-GMO whole food ingredients 
like alfalfa, timothy, peas, sunflower seeds, and flax. Daily Dose Equine doesn't use fillers, bulking agents, or leftovers from other industries. So you can feed less, yet improve body condition and energy. And our feeds are free from chemical residues and glyphosate. Find the perfect formulation for your horse at DailyDoseEquine.com. Select Daily Dose Equine formulations are available nationwide through Chewy.com and TractorSupply.com. Well, coming up next, we're heading to New York, and we're talking to Teresa Motola from Lucky Star Horsemanship, and we're talking about an event they've been doing up there for a couple of years, and we love highlighting local events. It's called the Equist Fest East, and they called it that, so I would mess it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hi, Teresa. Hi, how are you this morning? Good. So tell us about Equist Fest East. Wonderful. Well, Equifest East is now in its third year. We've actually expanded it to a two-day event for the first time. Um, it was actually a, a concept created by my partner, Michael Canfield, from Lucky Star Horsemanship, as part of his MBA. So we like to joke that he's a cowboy who could also balance your checkbook. Um, <laughs> Did he get his really, MBA? Did he get He has his MBA. Oh, good. Okay. So he developed this idea, um, having worked for Western States Horse Expo, about what the importance of regional, locally focused horse events were and what that contributes to the industry. And so after completing his master's and getting that degree and, and doing well on that paper, he said, you know, this is something we should actually put into practice because there are these great national known events that last five days, um, but it's really time consuming and hard sometimes for people to travel to that event to get the full experience of all of the different presenters. So focusing on regional expertise, people who are in um, a horse person's backyard that they can turn to for help with training or lessons and farriers or, or um, equine health really gives them that local connection to experts they can access. So what, what kind of uh, things do you do? So we have a full day planned of demos and clinics and what we call trainer talk, which are half hour lectures. Um, and they're from multiple disciplines. So we'll do de uh, demos on training Mustangs and connecting with a Mustang or problem solving, um, the importance of groundwork, proper balance. Um, and then our experts will have things on horse massage or Reiki um, farrier, nutrition, all of those different things are available to folks. And of course, then there's the wonderful shopping that we have. So we'll have tack vendors and Beamer and folks from Neutrina um, so that folks can access all of the different things that they may need, not just for their horse, but for their farm. And then we also focus on the rural lifestyle. So we have wonderful handmade crafts, food vendors, all of those things so that people can come and enjoy a full day. Well, you also have one of my new friends that I met actually at Equine Affair in Ohio, and, and we talked last week again, and that's uh, Kaylee Marie uh, and Braveheart Horses talking about Liberty and doing Liberty performances. Yes, we love her. We actually have met her at several of the expos that we've presented at. We're really impressed with the connection of that. And of course, Liberty is a growing discipline um, that folks are interested in. We actually do a... Um, beginning uh, groundwork session on, on Liberty and an introduction to that because that's all about connection. And that's really what this event is meant to do. Help people to learn different ways to connect with their horse, to have a better relationship, to consider the horse and all of the different ways they can do that in each discipline. I hope you have a big driveway because she has the longest trailer I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, we also <laughs> can be 50 feet long. It's like... The Ulster County Fairgrounds is pretty accessible for okay, folks good, with horses, which is one of the reasons we picked it, because we have been to those barns um, where you can't do a two-horse trailer or a one-horse. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> you would never get hers into anything that was small. So, so um, also, do, do you need volunteers? Well, where is it at? It's at the Ulster County Fairgrounds. Where is that in New York? So the Ulster County Fairgrounds is in New Paltz, New York, so very centrally located. Um, in the heart of horse country here in New York. Um, and so it's very easy access off the New York State Thruway. 
We have, um, as I said, we, we have the big main arena, and then we have uh, a small demo ring where presentations will be ha- happening, and a third building where the lectures will will take place. So it's a beautiful um, we part try of the to provide, state too. It, it really it is. It really is, and it's yeah. a beautiful time to be there. So we're in the shat- shadow of the uh, mountains there. People have access to really great food in New Paltz for the day if they want to spend the whole weekend with us. There is trailer and camper parking, uh, so folks can come if they want to do a, make it a multi-day event. Oh, cool. But really, again, you know, our, our clinicians come from as far as uh, as New Jersey, and then of course Kaylee Marie up in the Northeast. But it's really about being able to access the local clinicians, the local trainers, the local experts that people can rely on to take the best care of their horses. And that's this weekend, September 23rd and 24th at the Ulster County Fairgrounds in New Paltz, New York. It's 10 to 5 both days. As I said, we love highlighting local events. I think they're terrific. I think they're, we need more of them because actually, you know, some of the national events have cut back and are doing less of them. So that I do think we need more of the local ones and good on you guys for doing that. Well, it's really been a, a great uh, run for us with that. We actually were really honored last year that we were voted a top five outdoor event by Hudson Valley Magazine, which is fantastic considering we're only in our third year. Um, and really, you know, the other folks were were events like New York Renaissance Festival that have been around for 40 years. I've been so there. I'm happy to compete with that. <laughs> yeah, that's a big but, one, too. So that is a big that draws tens of thousands of people. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we're lucky to have the support of, of a lot of local sponsors. Um, and businesses who really support the equine industry and have been um, supporters of this event and helping it grow um, from uh, Tasca uh, Dodge Jeep Ram, American National Farm Family uh, Insurance, uh, 100 Time Equine, which will actually be our raffle sponsor. So folks who come purchase a ticket can uh, go to, to enter for great products from them. Um, Buckaroo Leather, Team Equine Saddle Pads, um, Rhinebeck Equine Vet Services. So we're really lucky to have a lot of local support in, in that. Well, good luck this weekend. It's EquusFestEast.com. EquusFestEast.com. Look, I said it. Uh, and Teresa, we appreciate you being on. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing everybody this weekend. All right. I'm wishing good weather for you. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> Well, if you can't get to New York to spend your money this weekend, go to the big warehouse clearance at statelinetac.com. You can do that from home. Do it in in the safety of your own home. That's right. (laughs) After drinking wine. That's what Jamie does. She recommends that. Uh, And it is because it is a clearance. There's only one or two or three left of some of this stuff. So you're going to want to get over there as soon as possible to shop. There's up to 70% off uh, some of these items. Uh, Matter of fact, I know Jennifer had her eye on one. I don't know if she spent money this morning, but she was on the sale I saw this morning. So uh, they have... Ovation and Saxon and Kensington and all kinds of different products, 1K helmets and uh, IRH helmets and Weatherbeta, just the list goes on and on. Let me see how many pages. 10 pages. So that means there's about 480 products right now in their clearance sale. So head on over to StatelineTAC.com. Hey, before we get into weird news, uh, Equine or Eventing Nation put out a list. Uh, And I I wanted to share it with you because I thought you're you're going to come to Ocala this year. We're making you come because you haven't been here yet. You need to. They put out the 10 reasons to put Ocala on your bucket list. And a lot of people will be heading here for the winter because, you know, half the horse population now comes to Ocala. The other half goes to Wellington. So they have these 10 things. And one is watch a Saturday night Grand Prix at the World Equestrian Center. Yes, highly recommended. I'd love to do that. And you'll get to watch Kayla because she jumps in a lot of those. So you'll know people jumping in the Grand Prix. The food is excellent, even for vegetarians. Um, Gallop on the beach at Amelia Island. Have you, did you do that when you were, because that's not too far from St. Pete. Or St. Yes, St. Peter. St. Augustine. St. Augustine, yeah. So I have been to trail riding on Amelia Island. Uh, They did not let you gallop back then, but I remember specifically the horses knew where they were going. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, for those of you going on the cruise, and Jamie will remember this, remember on the cruises when we stopped in Nassau, we had the place that we always went. Jennifer took everybody trail riding. They came on the show a couple times. They were super nice. We even talked to them during COVID. Well, they've retired now. So no more trail riding on Nassau. And apparently that was the last stable. 
What I hear uh, actually is that there's a job opening. <laughs> yeah, if you Somebody want to open a stable in Nassau, you can do that. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Where do I sign up? All right, next one. Enjoy the Gypsy Vanners at Gypsy Gold Farm. We had him on not too long ago. And uh, I pass there all the time and see the gypsies. And he gives tours there. It's a it's a very fun place to go, and the gypsies are beautiful. I've Gla- started two gypsy vanners. I might leave that one off my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take the glass bottom boat tour at Silver Spring. It is worth doing. It is so oh, cheesy. These boats are from the 1920s. It's a cheesy tour, but it's worth doing. And the, of course, it's springs. So every, we have a bunch of springs around here that are just crystal clear. Here's- it, so it's worth doing. Here's the thing is like about the the ocean and going on boats. Yes, I do not like going on boats, but I do like being a part of the ocean without being a part of the ocean. You know what I mean? Like well, this is I'll a spring. Through. It's a little different. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Water. It's just yeah, water it's just, in general. Boats waves. in general. Although I don't have little- to yeah. Last time we took somebody on it, the motor crapped out, and we ended up hitting the bank on the other side, and we couldn't go anywhere. They had to come out and tow us. Oh, well, never mind. Then take that <laughs> off the list. Uh, compete at the Florida Horse Park. Florida Horse Park has grown tremendously since the World Equestrian Center, ironically. Uh, they put a lot of money into it. They have polo every Saturday night. We've gone over and seen a couple of polo games. Florida Horse Park now, there's competitions there every weekend, and they do a lot of events. So maybe someday. <clears throat> now, that's the one with the eventing facility, yes. right? Yes, yep. Okay, so just so you know, I have tried to go to Ocala when I lived in Atlanta. I entered the Ocala horse trial three times, paid my money, entered, and my horse got hurt every time about three days before. Each time. Every time. I, I, it's like, I'm cursed. Okay, you, can't, you can't bring a horse to Ocala then. You're no. No. <laughs> Stay at the Equestrian Hotel. If you have $500 a night at the World Equestrian Center, you can stay at the Equestrian well, Hotel. I heard it's very nice. Yeah, well, I'll find out because if you're flying me down, that's where I'm staying. <laughs> uh, zip through the Ocala Canyons. So this is an old quarry that has filled up with water, and they have a zip line that – I love this zip line. It is so cool. I don't know if do – have you do the zip lines? I have. I did. I. You know what? I freaking loved it. I thought it was the most fun thing ever. <laughs> You'll like this one then. This is a fun I loved one. It. This is a. It fun doesn't one. seem like something I would do, but like it I does not totally actually. Off. Like, Let's go. Standing on a little platform, eighty feet up in a tree, does not seem like something you would do. Now let's do it. All right. Well, we'll do that together because Jennifer won't go with me. Um, shop for a new home base. Well, there you go. We did that. You can do that, too. School to your heart's content. Yeah, you can go over to the uh, Florida Horse Park. It's open for riding, which is unlike the Kentucky Horse Park. Uh, hey, just so you know, there's a like a local venting place. And we've had a lot of rain this week. So I, I called and I was like, hey, um, I was hoping to get some information to see if I could bring some horses out. They, they do like a schooling. You can pay to go school. I was like, I'd like to come out and, and school. Oh, well, you can take a lesson or you have to have a trainer. And I was like, I, I, I actually live a couple miles from you. Like I, I am a trainer, so I'm happy to do, sign whatever I need to sign. Okay. Well, it's too wet now. And I was like, well, how do I sign up for it? Okay. Well, you've got to have, you know, you got to sign the release and then you have to have a vest and you have to have a helmet and you have to have a trainer. Okay. <laughs> well, I am a trainer. So I would be bringing somebody out there to school them. And I've actually been to your facility and school there before. Okay, great. I was like, so I just called this number. Yes, call this number. Make sure you sign everything. Have a helmet, have a vest, and have a trainer. I was like, <laughs> all right, well, this conversation isn't going Lack very well. communication here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. Next. I am the trainer. Let's do this Three again. Let's start I over. Three times. <laughs> I had to do customer service for something today, and it was one of those chat rooms, and I got the guy from India. Uh, we just went around and round for a half an hour, and I finally said, look, I'll call later. I'll just, look, look, I'm done. Let's just end this. <laughs> he kept asking the same questions, and I kept answering the same questions over and over. Why do you need my phone number if I had to plug it in to get to you? I, I know. Some, that should be stored somewhere. <laughs> and the final thing is... You have to go to Acala because that's where everybody is. And that's true. In the wintertime, that's where everybody goes. So <laughs> there are a lot of good reasons. To f- we have a lot of good restaurants now. Acala has become the hopping place now. Uh, and there's hiking and bike riding and trail riding galore. So uh, so if you haven't, don't have Ocala on your bucket list for this winter. And this uh, this spot was paid for by the Ocala Tourist Bureau. No, I yeah, wish right? it was. Actually. <laughs> I wish it had been paid for by them. 
hey, uh, do we get to travel around the country today or are we sticking in Florida? Um, you know what's funny is one of these stories actually starts with this actually isn't in Florida. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Seems like Florida, but it's not. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so weird news are stories that those of you, if you're ever reading wherever you get your news and you're like, oh, that's a weird story. That's what I want. Email it to me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. Are you ready for the list of people? I am ready. April, Brooklyn, JoLynn, Delia, Clark, Laureen, Sarah, Alicia, Nicole, Lindsay, Aaron, <laughs> Allie, and Casey. I love you all. I felt bad I didn't send you one this week. Now I don't feel bad. I don't need you. <laughs> I got people. This is awesome. Now remember, I don't tell you who sent what because it's none of your business where the people get their news. <laughs> so let's start with this one. This was actually just my my hero for the day. Uh, this took place in where what a renowned eatery in the Mediterranean. Okay, it was the restaurant Gente di Mar in Golfo Arancia on the Italian island of Sardinia. That just screams money. I can't pronounce any of it. It means it's expensive. Well, this woman, bless her heart, she ordered a 170, a 200 euro lobster at a swanky restaurant. And she gets the hero of the- put in it? (laughs) I know, right? Well, you're in Sardinia. Oh, yeah, Um, sorry. She ordered the Catalan style lobster with linguine. However- she said to Antonio, of course, that's the guy's name who owns the restaurant. He said, I thought she was kidding. But what she did was she took the lobster from the tank. They took it. They weigh it in the kitchen. And then uh, she asked them to put it in a bucket. And she marched her happy butt right outside and dropped it right back in the ocean. <laughs> she spent $200 to throw the lobster back. Well, 200 euros is like $250. Uh, It's insane. Yeah. So she just threw it back. So she's the hero of the day. I wish I knew her name. Bless her heart. She's your soul animal right there. And Yeah. And apparently everybody watched this swim away. Like the whole restaurant walked outside and watched her because it was apparently like a drop from the the deck down into the water. And she's like, is it going to be hurt? No, they got a shell. They're tough. It'll be fine. (laughs) So she dropped it in the water and like... It swam away and everybody cheered. <laughs> I wish I had that. She could have bought the ones out of the tank at the grocery store for like 20 bucks. Go to Red Lobster. They're like 12 bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So this is one of my favorite stories in a long time. And it makes me think of this song, American Pie. So bye, bye, Miss American Pie. And who sang Drove that song? The to the- I did. I know your jokes. <laughs> no, who sang that song? Don McLean. And Don McLean is on the last Celebs with Horses you can find on your podcast oh! player. Celebs with Horses on your podcast player. You'll hear all about Don McLean, and he talks about his horses and that song. Well, it makes me think of the, and the players try. Thanks for that uh, field, setup. <laughs> the marching band refused to yield. Do you? Okay, so here's the thing. Here's why I'm singing that song. You're welcome. It's going to be stuck in your head forever. Alexa, play American Pie. No, we there can't you go. Do that. You're all going to hear it. <laughs> la, 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 okay. La, la. <laughs> okay, so it was Thursday. In Alabama. I wasn't okay. even allowed to play it on the show he was on. So. Are you really? No. I, yeah, we didn't play it. I just told everybody who's listening. I told their Alexa to yeah, play it. Yeah, your singing was not. You know, yeah. yeah. No, no. I'm going to get a violation. We're no. going to get letters for that. Okay. So Thursday night at Minor High School in Birmingham, Alabama, <laughs> this the game was over. Okay. The football, it's like a high school football game and the game was over, but the band for minor high school and the opposing team were still like there when the game was over and they were p- both playing music. It was like having like a little band war or something. Um, so the police who were cleaning out the stadium walk over and they asked both band directors to stop. It's We need the students and attendees to leave the stadium. The game is over. Well, the home team band stopped playing. Um, But Johnny Mims just couldn't couldn't stop. 
And he turned, hey guys, keep playing. You will keep playing. So the high school band is like still playing. They just keep playing. And the police are like, um, it's this is over. You need to go. Get in your bus and go home. So he wouldn't do it. He said, keep playing, kids, keep playing. Well, the officers uh then went up to the direct to the band director and was like, This you're 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 definitely not listening to us and we're going to take you in custody for disorderly conduct because when the police went up to him, he physically uh, attempted to push and punch the police officers. Now they're, God, I love drinking, but this is the band director. This is the band director of the high school band game. And Did he, he have a flask? Starts, <laughs> he starts yelling at the police, get out of my face, get out of my face, keep playing, keep playing. And the, the band kids are like, they're just playing. And then they're like, you have to go. The police, you have to go. And he says, we're fixing to go. This is our last song. No, it, it needs to end now. So what happens? The stadium lights are then turned off. Okay, <laughs> They turn off the lights and their children in the stadium still playing. Apparently, the director steps off the platform and like makes his way up to the police and there's a struggle that ensues between him and the officers oh they're trying to handcuff him he's like get off me get off me and then in the body cam you can say he just hit the officer he gotta go to jail he's swinging on the officer well then uh, apparently he was out of control and yep they tased him they tased oh him oh my bro. god the kids will be talking about that their entire lives that the night they taste the director. <laughs> the band director with a change. There's a song in there somewhere. <laughs> yes, it's called The Players Tried to Take the Field. The marching band refused to yield. Do you recall what was the field the day? The music died. <laughs> he didn't die, he just got tased. Do you think he kept his job? Uh, it did not say. It did not say. <laughs> I'm guessing that there was a suspension involved and a and a blood or a, a, a breathalyzer test when he got back to the. You Ooh. apparently now there are other people who are like this is too much to tase a gentleman with a stellar reputation who <laughs> was swinging at the cops <laughs> <laughs> with this little stick. Um, so if you oh wait 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 oh, wait wait update I've got some update uh and. He joined a minor high school band in 2018 after teaching a high school band in Florida. <laughs> he came from Florida. Duh. It was a Florida band. <laughs> it was. I wanted to tell you, you wanted you want entertainment this weekend. Look up the documentary, I think on Netflix, called The Day the Music Died. It's about uh, that song and the making of that song and how it changed a whole generation. Because it is one of the most popular songs in history. Um, but it's about Don McLean and how he ended up writing that song. It was it was a whole bizarre situation. And of course, the song is 25 minutes long. What song was it? Uh, oh, the, the one where they're like, and the players yes, tried yes. to take the It's the, the eight-minute one that, ever, that used to play when you needed a bathroom break. <laughs> the March and Bam <laughs> On the radio. Uh, so yeah, it's an excellent documentary. Really well done. The Day the Music Died, it's called. So go check that out. Uh, well, good. You got my got my Next plug story. in. <laughs> Next story. Move on. Again, I mentioned. Lisa thanks the, you. By the way, yeah. In the last story, I mentioned that body cams on police is like. Mm-hmm. My new favorite thing. So I always love the police tweets, you know, where they put put really cheesy, ridiculous stuff. However, when they post the body cam, especially in a situation like this. Okay. So um, this is the one that they said, you guys, this is not in Florida, believe it or not. This article actually says that. And this is from thedrive.com. And a shocking twist in Indiana, man, is gunning for one of the top Florida man moments of 2023. <laughs> We're nationwide um, now. <laughs> I would like to start out by saying drugs are bad and don't do them. Okay. So, um, there was a 51 year old man and he got pulled over on the freeway. Uh, he was on a highway and he was making his way down the road and it w- appeared as if maybe he was on something, uh, considering he was driving a power wheels Jeep. <laughs> What? Like, the little one? 
like, like the toy kids one? one. <laughs> a kid's one. Like the little one. I, I, Lucas had one. You can't fit in that as an adult, but he did. That's right. Um, let's see. Uh, there's no location given for this, but it's a residential area with minimal street lights. However, he did have sticker headlights. <laughs> So police see this guy driving a power wheels thing down the road. And they, I mean, they go like two miles an hour. It's like, you know, the, the battery dies after 12 minutes. Anyway, police pull him over. They're like, excuse me. And again, this is a whole body cam. Excuse me. Uh, do you know, I pulled you over and he's like, I don't know. And they're like, do you have a driver's license? He's like, no, I ain't got no license. Uh, okay. Well, do you have an ID? Yeah, I got ID. And then they actually, the body cam shows them trying to, um, do you ever watch the show Reno 911? No. Oh my God. It's like a, it's like a mock co- mock cop show. And yeah, it's like a spoof, scene, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a spoof. Yeah. Well, this was that show. <laughs> he's trying to get, he's like, okay, follow my finger with the light is go left and right. And then he's like, walk a straight line. And literally the guy it falls over. over like <laughs> twice walking this line. It is awesome. Um, and it, they were like, sir, have you been drinking? No, I ain't been drinking. I ain't been drinking. Okay. Um, it appears that you're on something. What is it that you're on? I've been drinking. It's crystal meth. Because <laughs> that's better. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, there you go. He was honest. He has uh, been booked in jail. Mm. And they do actually, the body cam is still running when they're taking him down the halls at the prison. <laughs> and he's like, how come you arrested me? No other no other cops arrested me when I was driving my car, my Jeep down the road. <laughs> He says, I've been driving this thing for nine months. (laughs) (laughs) And what's fantastic is it got towed away by a full-size tow truck. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I don't know. It's so fantastic. Anyway, there you go. That's the story. (sighs) (laughs) That's funny. Is there another one? Uh, Yeah, that's only two. Oh, Oh, it seemed like work. It was the singing. It was the singing. (laughs) Yes. But these are all so good. I mean, I I, I had to, I I knocked it down to four. I'm trying anyway. All right. So this one is just really fun for me to tell you about because uh, in Mesa, Arizona, there was a guy and he's like, looks down to where his um, hot water heater is and he's going to do someone's hot water heater. And he's like, oh, there's a snake. So he calls a snake catcher and the snake catcher that it's actually like a business called rattlesnake solutions, Mesa, Arizona, you gotta love Arizona. Uh, so, um, rattlesnake solutions comes out to take care of the snake that is in his, uh, wrapped around his water heater. And, uh, mm, there wasn't one, there was 20 and one was pregnant. <laughs> There's 20, rattlesnakes diamondback rattlers in his hot water heater like surrounding i would move (laughs) i'd burn the house down and move i'd just call the fire department (laughs) just go to jail i don't care just is on fire at least they don't have snakes in jail i'd move (laughs) (laughs) they did use tongs to pick up each snake before dropping them into a large yeah but you know how many baby snakes have there's little babies floating around that you don't even see yeah yeah, they I'm found not it. hanging around that house. I'm selling it. The big one was uh, at least three to four feet long. It's fine. I'm moving into the yes. hotel at the World Question Center. I'm done. <laughs> huh? I'm out of here. Oh, my God. What would you do? Yeah, I know. I'd burn the house down. <laughs> yeah, <it's> just, <laughs> okay, auditors, Sorry. let us know. How many are hanging around if they find 20 snakes in your water heater? Yeah, I'm good. I'm not going to light the pile of light ever again. <laughs> Sushi. <laughs> Okay, this one just kind of, I mean, it ends up like nobody is seriously injured, but like somebody got hurt. And it's most likely the woman who uh, went to a, let's see, there's so much to this story. It's hard to break down. Okay, so there's Bob's Service Center in Hartford. This is White River Junction. I don't know where that is. It's just Hartford, White River Junction, you can Google it. So um, there's Bob's Service Center on Ballard Vale Drive. And um, people were in the service center. And 
immediately from the back or really quickly, a woman runs into Bob's service center and runs through Bob's service center and jumps into a person's car that is right outside. And apparently his key fob, he was standing right outside the vehicle. So his key fob locked, locked, turned the car on and she took off. What's unique about this? She was naked. So she's naked and she ran through Bob's service center. They said she did not seem to be like with it. Okay. So this is eight 30 in the morning. She's naked running around Bob service center. Uh, and then a short time later, employees at Jasmine auto body were caught off guard when that naked woman also entered her, their shop. Uh, no, this is where she found the keyless ignition key fob thing and took off. Okay. So she drives, um, away, Stealing somebody's car, she drove through the garage, accelerated into the parking lot, nearly hitting an employee. Then she stops the car. She shifts into reverse, backs directly into three other cars before she hops on Route 5 towards I-91. They said it was like a pinball machine. She just hit a car, backed up, hit another car, backed up, hit another car. Finally, she got free of the parking lot, and she was gone. And it all happened within one minute. Reminder, she's naked okay so then <laughs> she goes down uh and was this somehow I, I missed that part was this i told you to look it up because uh the hartford uh i don't yeah. know where Val white just... river junction yeah. <laughs> it seems like it could be okay so apparently she uh on the highway uh, she made it to i-91 where then she crashed Boom! Into a cement truck. Okay. Uh, and the car that she was in overturned. Um, well, crews made their way to the scene, but <clears throat> suddenly a naked woman jumps from I-91 onto the overpass. And then she jumps off the overpass, trying to land on a moving vehicle that is driving underneath the overpass. Apparently caused significant traffic disruption when the naked lady did not make it to the car. She did not die. She did not get hit by a car. She was hurt and she was taken to the thing. But what? Drugs are bad. Let me just reiterate. Drugs are bad. And if you see a naked lady, keep your key fob away. because <laughs> She's going to steal your car. I can't even, I don't even know where to begin with this story. Um, she, well, again, non, non life threatening injuries. She was caught and taken to police and, um, they're saying she was <clears throat> undergoing a mental health crisis. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so I lo <laughs> tried to look it up, but then this story popped up from just uh, July 26th in California. A naked oh. woman in California got out of her car in one of the nation's busiest bridges and began firing a gun. Oh, she no, was on the Oakland Bay Bridge. Uh, she just hopped out naked. Uh, she And there's video, by the way. Of course, there's video. <laughs> a driver called 911 to report that another driver had brandished a gun at them on the I-80 span, which crosses the San Francisco Bay. Uh, the woman then stopped in the middle of her lane, got out of her car with a knife, and began yelling at other drivers. She then got back in her car and continued driving to Oakland, but stopped again at a toll plaza, exited the car, this time with a gun. And started firing in the air. Well, that wasn't this one. Um, <laughs> Just, what is it with naked ladies Saturday. and cars and things? <laughs> I'm telling you, if you see a naked lady, you need to run because she's up to no good. Well, yeah, and this one was also placed on a mental health hold, so I think they're related. Um, what, there is a White River Junction, Vermont, so it, oh. she was probably freezing. <laughs> it's, it's like getting cold up there right now. Yeah. <laughs> one more. Uh, no, that's enough. That was enough. I'm okay. done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> We're going to end on naked ladies today. Naked ladies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks to everybody for sending in April, Brooklyn, Jolyn, Delia, Clark, Lorraine, Sarah, Alicia, Nicole, uh, Lindsay, Aaron, Allie, Casey. Oh, by the way, all of you that sent me the story about the missing F-35, I checked with my husband. Um, there's a an F-35 that disappeared when the pilot they did find ejected. It, they did? Yes, they found it. I didn't it. have the update. Where they was found it, it? in the it woods in the of South Carolina. Oh, no way. It was in See? a lot of pieces. How much trouble is that dude in? Well, why did he have to eject? I don't and know. Chad, they weren't uh, saying. <laughs> Chad goes, well... There's a lot of computers in that thing. <laughs> I bet you, too, that uh, that uh, there's going to be a lot of meetings. He's going to be sitting in a lot of meetings, a lot of debriefings.
Well, that little $35 million jet lost and it didn't hurt anybody on the way down. So that was good. No, oh, the F-16s are 35, 40 million. This one's a hundred million. So oh, okay. It's fine. It'll be fine. X comes out of his paycheck. Uh, Glad they found it though. Yeah, they did find it in pieces. A lot of pieces. apparently. All right. That's it for today. Thank you for jo- Oh, Where do they send her for next week? If they want to send you. Uh, if you see a weird news story, send it to me, Jamie at horse radio network.com with weird news in the subject line. And if you want to do an ad for Friday's Really Bad Ad, send it to Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Tomorrow we have the Equine Affair episode for you, and we have a we recorded already a lot of cool guests for that show, so tune in. Equine Affair in Massachusetts is coming up in two months. I can't believe that's the big one. That's the one everybody goes to to shop for Christmas. And I'm happy to report that Radiothon is happening this year for sure. I haven't even talked to you what? about it yet. Yes, we got all the prizes. I got all the sales. Uh, got all the sponsors sold at uh, in Dallas, so we're good to go. Um, so I'll be talking to you about that very shortly. It is video and audio this year, but only no. six hours. Only six hours. No. Yes, you're going to be in your it. finest Christmas sweater. You'll no. be fine. You can, you're good. You're fine. You I look quit. wonderful. You're so beautiful. You need to show it off. Shut up. And we will be back <laughs> for the Auditor Post Show in just a minute so Jamie can yell at me. Christmas sweater. Christmas hat. No. Elf ears. (laughs) No. Definitely not.